1: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host Kevin DeVries, and as always, with me is my trusty cohort and inarguably better FPL player than me, Rob Langevin. <laughs>
0: What's going on, Rob? Uh, you know, the, it, you can argue it. I mean, come on, it's the first day of FPL. You can't be putting yourself down already. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the price we just got—we just got into this, and everybody's been changing their rosters. You know, everybody's F five button no longer works anymore, and everybody's rosters are probably. Not anything close to what they're going to look like in, you know, 25 days when the season starts. Uh, but, you know, it, today today's basically like a national holiday for fantasy FPL players. So I'm glad to be here with you, Kev, talking about footy for the first – we'll actually call it – we called last week's show, I believe, like the first show. But it show, was. Official. It was a tease. Yeah. You know why? Because everybody was going off of fake information. Everybody got leaked information. Everybody paid their fi- – you know, the 15 quid – and got fake prices and they weren't even some of them were close, some were good, some were bad. But, yeah, I you know, think whatever. you do a little
1: apology on uh Andre Gray though.
0: Yeah. Well he he was listed he's cheaper than what they listed.
1: True, but he's a lot more expensive than you thought he'd come.
0: In. Yeah, I don't agree with their factoring. What do you gonna tell you?
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, uh not to get negative already, because as Rob alluded to, it is happy FPL Day. Yes, The FPL game is officially back. We're trying to get this to you as quick as we can. But very excited, as he said, to be bringing you FPL news for the first time, really, this season. Off the top, game changes. We talked a lot about them last show. A lot of people had been wondering, especially with this new statistics page, if player uh, positions were going to be changed. None of the really big ones were. No Alexis or Sanchez. Or Alexis or Sanchez, it's they're two both they're, people now. It's just it's his
0: conjoined twin who also who also plays forward slash midfielder. <laughs> it's it's very confusing. Or it's Carlos Sanchez who
1: is not very good at football. But uh, I've had Alexis or Firmino. They both stay at their normal positions. We'll get into more position changes in a little bit. But as for the actual game, some people thought that the crisps would go away, but they haven't. The bonus system has stayed the same, though most of them wish that it hadn't. Each player card does now show this thing called their ICT score, which is some made-up stat that they've contrived that combines influence, creativity, and threat, whatever those are. And it doesn't even line up with their own scoring system. Only Otzel, and Ericsson appear in the top 10 of both lists. It actually lines up much better with our friends over at Taga, where 7 of the top 10 on the ICT show up in their top 15. But that looks like it's already super useless. Uh yeah so uh, th- th- those are the quote unquote changes that have been made to the game. Do you have any reactions to any of that or anything that you wish had been included?
0: Uh, you know, I, li- I like the way the new skin looks. I mean the skin and the game and the the toggling around for transfers and stuff like that that's that's nice. Um, yeah I- I- I'm gonna get into the ICT stuff a little bit. I mean, yeah I'm- I I understand like I-, I guess this is their this where their way of dumbing it down a little bit for the casual player. To put flashy things on, you know, it's like putting a hood ornament on, like a Yugo. You know, (laughs) is basically what the way I look at it. Like you don't need, you don't need it. You're driving a Yugo. You're gonna drive it anyway, but don't put a hood ornament on it, and and like, you know, clog up the system with stuff that doesn't cognitively make sense. Because Kevin's the numbers guy here, and he he already looked at it and he said he doesn't make sense. So I'm gonna believe Kevin.
1: I mean, it makes sense in other formats, but it doesn't line up with their stats well, or, or their scoring system.
0: Yeah, I understand what they're trying to do. And, you know, maybe this is a the first step in the direction that they're going to expand the scoring in years to come. Could be. You know, this is, you know, all right, we're going to introduce these stats now to get everybody aware of them. And then, Wambo Bambo... You know,
1: yeah. And if there is one stat that this is borrowing from heavily, it's chances created. Yeah. If you look at those lists, it's very similar.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I, I, I like I said, I'm I'm a I'm a dummy. I I, I, I follow. Uh, I like things that are pretty and easy to use. And this this seems like I like the skin. I like the way that the you know your team is bigger now. It's not like condensed into one eighth of the screen. I'm a big dummy when it comes to computers, so I like it big and dumb and, you know, full pretty. of beer. Yeah, pretty, full <laughs> of beer. I want it big, dumb, and full of beer. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know if we're talking about girls or fantasy games anymore, but you know what?
0: <laughs> Por no los dos? Doesn't matter. They still, they both will dance for a dollar at a time. That's all. <laughs> um, you need to go to nicer places, man. All right, take- <laughs> Well, if you, say, if you do it one dollar at a time, they, you know, they come around more often. If you do five dollars, they're going to be like, oh, he wants a dance. And you, can't, you can't get a dance every time.
1: Mm, fair enough. Th- just a small question. They, they did finally revamp the visuals on it. We talked last time about how this one might take a little longer to come out because of the redesign. Mm-hmm. Does it bother you at all that forwards are still behind the halfway line? I know it doesn't actually matter.
0: Well, it's before kickoff. Okay, All right. You can't you can't stand on the other side of the pitch before kickoff. I mean, it bothers me that you know if your team has possession in the kickoff, you know, you don't have to have two guys in the circle necessarily, but you're not going to pass it to the guy way on the wing right well, off the tap because it'll get stolen.
1: True, but now you don't have to pass it sideways to begin a match anymore. Now you can just pass yeah. it straight back, which is a very strange thing that we saw a little bit in the competitions this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with most of your points on the design. I do think it looks—I think it looks very nice. I do think it's still strange that some teams haven't released their kits yet.
0: not, yeah. not sure what they're waiting for. But but I, but I like I like how they're being nice at the bottom. All shirts will be faithfully reproduced here once <laughs> kits are launched.
1: <laughs> how pretentious is that sentence? All home shirts will be faithfully reproduced. Mm. Man, I hope I just didn't just offend all British listeners. Uh, I was trying to do the Ponzi ones that you don't like, in which case, uh, haha. But if you're a Ponzi one, then I was doing the group of British people that you
0: intrinsically hate. So vis a vis, you you hate us because we're we're Metagons doing a fantasy Premier League podcast.
1: <laughs> USA, you, No, okay, America, <laughs> here to save the mother effing day. Yeah, um, <laughs> I did mention earlier that there have been some changes to player positions. Uh, alphabetically, they are Daniel Amarte has moved from defense to midfield, Chris Brunt from midfield to defense, Daley Blint from midfield to defense, Bojan Bojan Bo, Bojangles from forward to midfield, Eric Dyer from defense to midfield, Hyungman min Son from forward to midfield, Traore uh, of Chelsea fame, Bertrand, from forward to midfield, and Duncan Watmore from forward to midfield. Any of those that you're really cluing in on?
0: Um... You know anybody who's listened to us in the off season? I've been I've been pining for Daley Blinn to be listed as a a defender uh, because basically he was a defender most of the year last year. Um, You know that now that I don't know where he fits into the United system. um, I hope he fits in because you know he showed that he could be a a, you know a a viable fantasy option. You know I, I I hate that his point total was stunted last year because of. You know him being listed as a midfielder and the clean sheets that he did. You know Garner, he only got 1.4 instead of three. Um, <clears throat> the other one that's interesting to me is Eric Dyer, and this is that I I preempted this on the uh, right before we started recording that I'm yeah. going to say something to Kevin that he's not really going to like too much. Um, Kevin, if I told you that you know Der- Eric Dyer scored 130 points last year as a defender, mm-hmm. okay? He had 12 clean sheets. You realize if you take those 12 clean sheets away and give him the points as a midfielder, he's worse than Darren Fletcher.
1: <laughs> I'm honestly not that surprised. I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't want any part
0: of that. <clears throat> you know, um, yeah, I mean anybody who's looking at Dyer right now as a product for a fantasy team or a, you know, because they look at his 5.5 price tag, they they think, "Wow, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm probably stealing candy from, you know, the proverbial FPL baby." Um yeah, you don't want anything to do with it. His his value, and we'll get into this a little bit later because I want to touch on N'Golo Kante uh, with Chelsea now, um, is basically linked and very similar to what N'Golo Conte is going to do. But I'm going to touch on that a little bit more because I want to ask Kevin his opinion on this as well. Um, yeah, defensive midfielders in fantasy, fantasy Premier League, the official game, is, is not anywhere you want to invest any of your funds.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, you just mentioned the perfect person to switch to which is Daley Blint, who last year played as a defender. This year, probably going to play in midfield. But even if he still plays as a defender, he's going to get you those points for the clean sheets that he didn't last year. So I think you just swap them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The one that's really interesting to me is Bojan, Bojan, Bojangles. <laughs> because I loved him last year and was kind of screwed out of points in two different formats with him. Um, because a lot of times the goals weren't coming. There was that whole period where he was doing a false nine thing while Dioff was out before Joselu got going. Wait, he's he's the Stoke one, right? Wanmi mm-hmm. is the Southampton the Josselu, one, yeah, who's yeah. now left. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I love that he's now listed as a midfielder. It's really where he plays. He's more of a creative player than a finisher. And mm-hmm. I think he'll be much more valuable this season. Have you ever really wished that you looked up his price before you started rambling about him? I sure haven't because I already knew that it was 6.0. Smooth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that's probably worth it. Maybe not to start the season, um, but just kind <clears> of <throat> keep an eye on him. I think that that's the one that I'm really interested in. Blint is very interesting, but at five five, not knowing whether he's playing in defense or midfield, both uh, tactically and squad depth wise, because he could get pushed out by. Bayer he could get pushed out if Marcus Rojo decides to actually be a center back again if you push him up to the midfield they still have Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger and Carrick uh and Herrera who he has to all deal with so I'd sure. I'd probably yep so I'd probably hold off on him for now but I, I agree that that's another one that will be very interesting uh throughout the season to kind of keep an eye on
0: yeah, but he's he's basically the same price as every initial investment in anybody in the United Defenses. You know, Darmian's five five, Blinn's five five, Valencia's five five, uh, Shaw's five five. Anybody who's looking like they're gonna start is five five, except for Smalling. Smalling's position I know is guaranteed there, so he's at six zero. Right, um, and it seems so, fair. Yeah, absolutely, completely does. Because do you, you know, what do you he,
1: think about Luke Shaw? Sorry, not to interrupt. What do you think you about know. him at five five?
0: You know. He was showing promise before before the before the broken leg and I liked him last year um you know at five five the initial investment into like the United defense like I said you know it's worth a shot um I don't know how fit he's gonna be I know he's been training and I know he's gonna be getting in some preseason games um but you know i'm I'm leery on the whole United defense besides smalling factor because I don't know how everybody else is gonna run besides smalling are, are can you tell me that darmian isn't going to get a going to get some play here you're going to tell me blind is going to get some play here are you can tell me that valencia isn't going to get play who showed very well down the stretch last year and fits the, and fits the system there that you know that Mourinho likes to play he likes guys who can attack from the from the wing on defense um so you know there's a lot of and then you got you know cbj and then you got fosu mensa you know, lying in the weeds. So, you know, United has a, has a good thing going for them. They have a lot of talented defenders, um, and they have a lot of talented midfielders, uh, and, and you know, their forward ranks are nothing to sneeze about, Ibrahimovic. Um, so, you know, I just don't – but for 5'5", he's basically going to be your second defender because you're going to invest either 6'5", or 6'0", in one of your, your key defenders, whether it be Bellerin, Toby, or Smalling. Now, whether you choose to double up on a United defender and limit yourself from adding one more, you know, United player throughout the rest of your pitch, whether it be Mctarian or Ibrahimovic up top, you know, because you are still only allotted three. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I I'm not convinced that I don't know who is going to start there. It's going to take a couple games into the season for me to actually buy into it. I just like Daley Blind because of what he showed last year, and I knew that his or I assumed that his, you know, position would change. So I was hoping he'd be at five zero, but he's at 5-5. So, you know, say love.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you mentioned uh, a lot of defenders there. Obviously, last season, the game did tend to lean a little bit more defensively. Not, not that defenders were more valuable, but it seemed to be the best place to make up ground on other people. Do you think that we'll see that again this season?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody rosters the big names through the top the defenders are basically going to settle themselves out people are going to settle in on the 4.0 the 4.5 and the 5.0 bargains that are scoring points for them and they're going to hone in on them and then everybody's going to have to to play off of them and find new targets that are in the same 4.0 4.5 5.0 range you know we went through last year when um the southampton defender who was basically 3.7 because he was cheaper than oh, cheaper oh yeah, yeah, Matt Target, where he had three or four games in a row, and you know people shifted to him because he had one game in a row. So they they ran the gamut of gambling on that, and then setting their top two defenders with Matty Target. So basically, it's going to be the same way. I mean, the, the system could be written a thousand different ways, but you basically want to roster an elite defender, a middle defender, and then a rotation guy. You know, uh, we're going to touch on some some you know teams with better schedules coming up, uh, so the, stay tuned probably after the commercial <laughs> break. Um, but but yeah, I mean, defensively is where it's at because there's just so many more options, and it changes from game week to game week with the matchups that they they are given. You know, the midfield options, you basically want guys who are either going to assist or score. Forwards, you want guys who are going to score or assist. You know, so defenders, you want guys who are either going to get clean sheets or take free kicks or occasionally maybe get a headed goal. Those, that's, that's what you want. But the number one factor in in choosing a defender is, you know, you want a guy who has an excellent matchup for a clean sheet. That's got, it's still number, it's still, you know, number one in my column.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sense to that. It will be interesting with the influx of attacking players that, you you mentioned the big names, everybody's going to be drawn to. Um, Like in in my very first one this morning, uh, put Ibrahimovic in there and then realized I don't want to pay that much for You know, we've known Ibrahimovic over his career. He scored 50 club goals last year, which is insane. But it wasn't a lesser league. And everybody that listens to this will know I tend to be a little bit risk-averse when it comes to FPL. And for me, that was eating up so much of my budget. Do you think that players like Ibrahimovic or Mkhitaryan or any of those guys are, are worth it despite coming in at a high cost? Because you know our clubs, Jansen and Batshuayi, are both hilariously high-priced, mm-hmm. Absolutely. with Jansen at 8 and Batshuayi at 9, and we're not even sure either of them are going to be starting week one?
0: Absolutely. You know what? If there's one person that I kind of trust with that price tag, is probably Ibra- Ibrahimovic. He's probably on a shelf completely by himself. The likes of Mkhitaryan, Batshuayi, Jansen, Nolito... Um, you know, any of the big market signings that signed this, this, uh, transfer, I have question marks besides Ibrahimović. Listen, if people want to do the the whole Aguerović already to start off the season, fine. Go ahead. That's blow, so much of Blow your, your Blow your 24.5 million on two, stri- two strikers. You never really have to ever play a third striker unless you're a psychopath. Um, and you need the <laughs> you know the hugs from your parents. Love, uh, love the calling of our audience, psychopaths. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like no, you don't ever have to. St- if if you have Aguero and Ibrahimovic up top, you're who, counting on them for your goals. You could have Duke Ianacho's uh, starting safety brother for the Denver for the Denver Broncos. Uh, <laughs> but because you're never ever, I would never play. I would never play him because he's going to be such a cheap option that you're never going to do that. You'd rather, I'd probably rather invest in. Five midfielders that are moderately priced, you know, through the and nobody above ten. So go Ali, Firmino, Fabregas, Townsend, Sigurdsson across the midfield, and then go cheap across the defense minus one guy and rotate the other, rotate the other four. Hmm. And you could do it, and it probably makes sense. You're probably guaranteed a goal a week with between Aguero and Ibrahimovic because if one doesn't score, the other one probably is. So, you know, I I, I can't fault. There's no there's no right or wrong reason to do anything in this in this. Thing. Because everybody stage. has the same budget and everybody can do what they want, it's kind of like DFS and daily fantasy. You know, you could build your team of whatever you want as long as you're under the budget.
1: Yeah, if you think Ibrahimovic is worth it, are, are you just no longer concerned about any playing time issues? I mean, obviously they bought him to play him. And, yeah, think, and he, he, interestingly, uh, we oh, when I mentioned position changes, I think I missed Martial.
0: Oh yeah, we absolutely did. We absolutely Martial missed Martial. Is- yeah. I think Anthony Martial is probably one of the worst buys at 9.5 through the midfield.
1: It's very expensive. He's going to be forced out wide, where he can be very creative. It'll be interesting. I assume that when we see this team play, that he's going to tuck in like a second striker off the left. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah. This morning, I was was actually really interested in it, and the more I thought about it, I kind of came away to your your line of thinking. If it was was 8.5... I think it sure. would very much be worth it for a whole whole buck more.
0: Yeah, but compare it this way: Would you rather own Ozil or Martial?
1: Oh, not even close.
0: Yeah, so that I mean, his price tag to point. me is is on a comparative comparative neat comparative way. I, I I'd want to own Ozil ten times out of ten. You know, Marez, Mares, Morez or Martial.
1: Marez, not close. Yeah,
0: same close. Yeah. Payet or or Mar- Martial. Yeah,
1: not still, even close. Yeah.
0: He's not a 9.5 player. He's more of like a, a an 8.0 player, but since he's changed positions and they're expecting him to maybe produce what they saw last year, but now he's listed as a midfielder, so they comparatively have to rate him in the Oltso Marez Payet, McTari. Mctarion's a little overpriced for me too, 9.5. I don't trust him, but anyway. But co- comparatively what he did last year and what he could be doing compared to what he – is priced at compared to the Ochoa, Marquez, and Payet's, You know he's going to be the least owned over nine dot. Well, over nine five player in in Fantasy Premier. Mkhitaryan mm. is a, actually a very good point
1: that you make, and a, and a little bit on Ibrahimovic as well. While we're sticking on United, who was the last really big name player to come to Manchester United and find success their first year? <laughs> Because it seems like recently all of them have flopped. Maybe Martial, but he didn't get off to a flying hot start. Depay struggled. Di Maria struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, no,
0: but, you know, but it's also a different system there now. They have a guy who's built the team to something that he wants. And he's going to put guys in a position where he, they, he wants them to be. True. Instead of also, trying to- if they buy Pogba, please do not add him to your
1: fantasy team the first week. Mm-hmm. Uh, realize be-
0: that he plays further back. Just, that's yeah. all I'm asking. Is he going to score be, a and,
1: wonder goal every once in a while?
0: Yeah. But and, and the funny thing is, Kev, what do you think, what do you th- just just speculative here. Pogba, when he comes in, more expensive or less expensive than Alexis Sanchez at 11.0? I think it's at 11. I think that's yeah, about it. I agree. I think it's at 11 as well. Yeah. And, and, and I'd, t- I'd rather own Kevin De Bruyne again 10 times out of 10 oh, over for Pogba sure. in this form.
1: Wouldn't even be close. Um, you mentioned uh, during that the, the Martial change to midfield. I think something that some people are, are forgetting about in some of these forward to midfielder shifts is that you get a free point if they're a team with a good defense. hmm Is if they're keeping clean sheets, you're getting a free point. I think that's one of the reasons why I was interested in Martial this morning, but you do make some some excellent points against it. Um that's that's the only reason why I think Kyung Min Sun is even worth mentioning. But I'm I'm me, of all people, am shying away from uh, those Spurs me, players. Uh, me. That's me! Because that's me. I don't know how we're going to break down into Champions League and Premier League teams. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, I'm really not excited about it. Based on what we're hearing about Jansen, it sounds like he's going to be more of a 60th minute sub in both competitions. So mm-hmm. I think Kane you can trust. Actually, I know he tried to get me to not talk about it, but this is, is actually a valuable fantasy argument. And one that we've had on this show very often, especially when we have guests on. Eriksson and Ali, both at 8'5". I know you tend to lean Ali. Are you sticking with that?
0: Yes, absolutely. He's more of a dynamic player than than, than Ericsson is on the pitch. Ericsson has the set piece ability where Ali has the in game ability. Yeah. I'll take the I'll take the guy with in game ability all the time. Oh and and getting getting to your victor you know, Vincent Vincent Jansen. Yeah. I, I said this to you via text, I believe. Uh he's basically Spurs' Leonardo Achoa.
1: Yeah the guy you bring on late he'll get a he'll mm-hmm. get a few goals but don't really yep. buy into it yeah
0: he'll fi- he'll finish with seven, seven, seven to 10 goals 3 to 4 assists
1: i think that's i think that's kind i, I was thinking more in like the 5 to 8 yeah. range but yeah, yeah I, I, I completely agree i think almost everyone in the spurs defense is overpriced other than Alderweireld, especially considering we're likely going to see the same rotation that we saw this year during the Europa League, and Alderweireld is the only player in that defense that doesn't have a substitute. I will say for the first six weeks, Kevin Vimmer I think is a must own, while Vertonghen's out for just five o. I think that's an excellent entry point into this defense. But uh, so Alderweireld, Vimmer, and Kane are really the only ones that I'm super confident in, as we have yet to see the Champions League. In your defense of the Ali case. He's young enough and is more of an athlete than Erickson, so he might see more minutes in both competitions. Mm-hmm. But I really wouldn't be surprised if Ericsson just shows up um, in the Champions League more. Also, Lamella at 7.0 is a really interesting one. He finished sixth in Chances Created last season. And it was it was the quiet breakout year. Where if you look at his end of season stats, you're like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. If he plays more in the Premier League than the Champions League this year, I think he has a lot of value. If not, then he obviously doesn't. Since I've rambled about Tottenham for so long, and you mentioned you want to bring up Conte,
0: now it's your turn to ramble about Chelsea. Do you, now, since Con- N'Golo Conte is basically the defensive wizard he was with Leicester, you know, garnered Play of the Year votes, and we compared him to what Dyer could be or was or is, uh, you think he has any increased value with Chelsea this year?
1: I think he does because it's a better team. Uh, the question is going to be how will Conte use him? Because Conte typically has played with three at the back, although he did start out with a four-four-two uh, in his managerial career. If he's and and we actually talked about this earlier today about what direction is this Chelsea midfield going? Because if Fabregas is paired next to Conte, it helps both of them significantly. Absolutely. Um, and we could see Fabregas get back to that. What, what did he have? Twenty assists two years ago? Nineteen, I I eight, yeah,
0: 20, 20, somewhere in there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, even though but, they were all in the first half. Yeah, but, but
0: we've we've talked about this, you know, a couple times, and and we've compared, you know, Fabregas to Conte's previous success through the midfield. You know, Marquisio. I mean, could he get he could possibly be Conte's Marquisio with Chelsea? Correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, well. Mm, Marquisio's a, a much better passer of the ball than Conte is already.
0: No, Fabregas.
1: Fabregas. Oh, oh, oh no. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Where it's, it's, he's he's Mar- half Marquezio's deep lying playmaker, half attacking midfielder. He just kind of floats up and back. Yeah, I love Marquisio. He's a ter- terrific yeah. player, and it was a real shame for Italy that he missed the Euros this year. Yeah,
0: and but. I think Fabregas can fit that Conte role for for Chelsea. The rest of it is all up in you know question marks because. Oh,
1: I was getting confused because uh the way you're saying Conte and
0: Conte Yeah is, Conte. Is... you know what from now on I'll go Angola. How's that? Okay, and and Antonio Conte. Antonio. A <laughs> C or N C. <laughs> but but yeah, uh you know, getting onto Chelsea because you know I'm a blues supporter. Uh I don't know what they're gonna do. Nobody knows what they're gonna do. If they tell you they know what to do, they're lying to your face. Um they have so many different players that can play everywhere. They have Quadrado, who's now committed to the team for the full year, they have Willian, they have Pedro, they have Oscar still looming somewhere. I think he mm. maybe renting he's just a in a closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's renting a Winnebago somewhere. Um, they <laughs> Hazard have some, obviously, yeah. you know Modric is still there. Uh, Hazard, absolutely Hazard. I, I completely missed him. Um, they have they have like six guys to play. You know three spots. Um, you know I believe that the only two spots that are that are firm for the Chelsea besides forward are Hazard is gonna play offset of the of the forwards in a wing role and Conte is gonna play the defensive mid midfielder where everybody else plays I haven't the slightest idea Quadrado could play outside defender um, you know they could play. They could play two defenders and completely sit on the ball with Modric and Conte next to each other. They could play Willian anywhere, anywhere on the pitch because he has success doing anything he wants. <laughs> uh, they could play Fabregas, you know, next to Conte. They could play, you know, Pedro on the wing, Hazard on the other wing, Fabregas and Conte in the middle. Cuadrado on the defensive midfield, which I think is probably the best way. But that's me me, um, I you know, it's it's a good. It's I guess it's a good luxury to have. It's bad for fantasy because I think. Um, until we actually see them in preseason and start seeing how they rotate in and out and who fits where it's going to be tough You know, 20, 26, 25 days out from the season right now to pick your roster and be like you know what, Fabregas is my guy he's got a great price tag he does have a good price tag at 7.5 if Ses if Fabregas can, can get into into games play like we know he can play and get you you know 15 assists maybe 6 or 7 goals this year that would be a quality return for a 7.5 player
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And while you've you've mentioned uh, defensive midfielders here a few times, uh, I've already seen an article talking about how Gundogan is a steal at (laughs) 5.5. Also not a player that really gets forward. Last year he had a goal and three assists in 25 matches in the Bundesliga. That is not significant.
0: Ask Ask anybody on the street to spell his name after you say it. And, and then, my, favorite, and then,
1: my favorite is the people that, like, overcommit trying to get it right, and it just sounds like guan Gwan-wan. Wang, il Il-Can. can He's oil,
0: oil, Dennis Oil-Can's boy's brother, Il-Can. <laughs> as, as we all know.
1: Um, but yeah, that's another new player that I'm really not that excited about. Are, are there any incoming players, because we've just kind of talked crap about a whole bunch of people. Are there any incoming players that you are interested in?
0: Yeah, I... There's nobody really that I'm jumping on. It's more players that have either been promoted or changed teams within the Premier. Um, what about so like Mane
1: moving from Southampton?
0: Zero, to, zero value at 9.0. How about going uh,
1: the other way with Redmond replacing him?
0: Love Redmond. Love him. Love him. At, what is he? 6'5", I believe? 6'0"? Oh?
1: Yeah, I just remember seeing it. Oh, yeah, it six, might six, six, have been 5'5". Yeah, he's
0: yeah, either 6'0 yeah, six, or 6'5". Six, and that, that actually is an gr- excellent segue, Kev, because I wanted to actually touch on some, some of the you know, promoted team guys. and yeah, some guys It is
1: that 6.0, the by the way. Yeah.
0: yeah. So on the promoted, the promoted teams, now that, now that we have their values, instead of just you know, guessing ad nauseum of, of what we want to say they mm. are, uh, better value from promoted clubs. I'll just throw some random guys at you. Yeah. Elman who finished in 2014-2015 with 114 points, his last time in the Premier League.
1: Yep.
0: Or Stuart Downing who finished with 160 points, and he finished in the top 20 in scoring that same year. Yes, Downing played almost 400 more minutes that year, but the way that you've seen Mohamedy play for Hull and the way he fits into their system, who are you picking amongst those two?
1: Man, I, I we talked a little bit earlier today. We tend to just super lean to the Hall guys. I think both of us. No, have, I love Hull guys. But I think both of us have two in our current squads. I almost had three, but decided it's against it. The Steve it. Bruce
0: effect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why he's about to get the England job. Yeah. That's uh, by the way, that might not be true. But today, yeah. it was the rumor of the day that Steve Bruce is going to be the England manager. Also, sorry, um, I I'm probably leaning. El But I can certainly see why you'd go the other way. My, my only pause is that while well, I know Mark Noble didn't strictly fill his shoes, mm-hmm. it, it was pretty similar production. So how much of it was system stuff? I did not watch enough Middlesbrough last season to make an informed decision based on that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, but I'd, but I'd how much better my... would
0: Stuart Downing be with Dimitri Payet?
1: True. Oh my gosh, that would be so rude. Hmm. I'm. I, I'd still lean Elmo. I, I, I think I the the flair and the wing play it, it leads to. Wow. Well, I don't know if it leads to more success. Come back to me in a week because if they sign Alvaro Negredo, that throws all of Middlesbrough stuff up in the air again. Okay. Because I think then you have to decide th- if Rhodes is starting, if Negredo's starting, if yeah. Negredo can play the way he did the first half of his first season with City, or the second half where he did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I just have so many more questions about Middlesbrough. I'm, it's, it's, I'm gonna a stick question. it's a tough question. It is, it's I a tough question. That's why I want to ask it because it's it's yeah. guys
0: that somebody that they're going to look at because people go by previous experience. And Muhammad is getting some love, you because know, he's got a cheap price tag and he's a perfect fifth midfielder right now. Same thing with Downing. Saying, you know, he's had previous success. The the thing about that, that separates them for me is, I think Downing, we've seen what he could be, already. I think one 160 points, you know, two years ago. I think mm. that's his cap. Mohamedi, I don't think we've seen his cap. I think that he could possibly be Marez Light. How's that?
1: Yeah, a nice little can of Marez Light. I can get down with that.
0: Alright, so you you touched on Jordan Rhodes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up three more uh promoted strikers since now that we have their price tags. Jordan Rhodes, six mm-hmm. Andre Gray, six five. Abel Hernandez, six Abel. Ab- yeah, it's it's For me, it's not that it's not that hard, but since the listeners at home don't appreciate your love for Abel Hernandez, (laughs) why don't you touch a little bit on Jordan Rhodes? You'd already talked about, you know, if they signed a Gradio, it kind of throws throws a monkey wrench in there. If you could dodge a wrench, you could draw an FPL wrench.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really liked that bit. Yeah, Jordan Rhodes obviously had a very good half year. He joined them in January, um, and you'd expect that he'd be able to do in the Premier League. One of the reasons he'd been such a highly touted prospect for so long was that he had a big frame like three years ago, and mm-hmm. it was just kind of getting the most out of him, and it seems he started to, to begin that path. Like, like I, and then you mentioned, if Negredo comes in, it kind of scuppers that. Andre Gray, I do love. Uh, Vokes, I was kind of hoping, would be a midfielder. He's listed as a forward. I think 6'5 is just a little too high to start off with. Um, But I, I do like Andre Gray, and I do think he'll be successful I just wish that he didn't cost so much. It, 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 honestly, it has nothing to do with the player. It's just that extra point five. Abel Hernandez obviously scored twenty plus goals last year in the championship. He takes their penalties and everything. So I, I'm 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 obviously leaning Abel Hernandez.
0: Yeah, and the, the thing that the thing that lines up for me is you know when you look at guys being promoted, especially with the six point five price tag for Andre Gray, uh, when you comparatively look at him, you know we did this before. Would you Would you rather own you know, Shane Long or Andre Gray? Long. You know, Callum Wilson, who has been an sta- who's an established Premier League player already, or Andre Gray. Uh
1: Wilson though I wasn't super thrilled with what he did once he came back from injury, but
0: still yeah. Wilson. Yeah, he's kind he was kinda limited in what he could do. Mm. I don't think he had complete health. Speaking right.
1: of Bournemouth, I do like Gridell at five five.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. I can get on with that. A lot of the Bournemouth me. guys ended up being overpriced, but I don't think he did. I, I do love me some Max Birdell. <laughs> he, he does have the ability to, that nobody's really seen yet because of his injury we stunted what we could have what he could have been last year.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and right as he was starting to hit his peak, he did get injured and then came back and Bournemouth was pretty much, all right, we're we're fighting for relegation, let's just do what we can do to stay there. You yeah. know, not let's not let's so showcase players. Huh, what do you think? Should we take a commercial? Oh yeah. We did it! Nailed it. Boom. Whatever that is, it's the best product ever and you I should rub-
1: definitely buy it or try to I, acquire it in some way.
0: I rub it all over my earlobes. Have you tried using the bitcoins? Bitcoins to, to oh buy God. it? I, I use my Pokemon.go gym all yeah. the time. I, I uh I... I did squats. I did squats <laughs> at Pokemon Go be i be honest I don't actually I didn't actually download it Kev did you actually download it I have
1: not no and thank, and, and I have thank not Thank the Lord I have not uh been one of the people attacking his friends for using it all the time yeah. but I will say I did see a thing online that was like oh I don't play Pokemon Go cuz I have a life and then <laughs> it said and then uh it said people that will have five fantasy football leagues in a month yeah. And I was like, "Shut up. You don't know me entering a mock draft now."
0: <laughs> but <laughs> but I That's why I'll, I won't judge. I, I, I will have to I will have to say that this podcast and if you're doing actually pokemon.go exercises is the perfect tune-up to listen to while you're going to look for a Charmander or uh, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, this is the unofficially sponsored podcast of Pokemon Go. Uh, maybe. Mm. <laughs> No. I'm just trying to get some of that Nintendo money, man. Yeah. They, they made something insane like thirty eight million dollars on their opening weekend of this app. They, I don't they, even know how they're making money on it. But they made thirty one are...
0: million dollars in thirteen days with people with buying app purchases for more balls. Oh, there's or... in app purchases? It's yeah, something. you could yeah, you can buy stuff. Hmm.
1: Well yeah, no 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 judgment from my end, because I just waste all my life doing fantasy stuff. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and I, and I watch porn. Lots of porn. <laughs> Frankly, I never turn it off. So, just live streaming in the background. No. Yeah. I read the articles. I read the articles. What is this? The letter to Penthouse? Is that? Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Is that still a thing?
0: Yeah. That's, dear Middlesbrough.
1: Is, is Penthouse still a thing? I'm gonna dear, Google that. Yeah, totally. Penthouse still a thing? Question mark. <laughs> The first thing is ten things you didn't know about Pemhouse. House. I'm not gonna clink the link. I just think it would be hilarious if the first one was we still exist.
0: <laughs> hey, we're still here. You're like, we're like, oh, st- we're still like, we're still an out of date uh, resource of you know entertainment like the VCR. <laughs> oh, this is actually really interesting. Uh, in January 18th,
1: 2016, uh, they ended the print edition and moved fully online. Uh, so fully it isn't ditching.
0: actually still a thing. Fully yeah. digital, that, so that means Roberto Firmino and his Bobby Digital, is, Bobby, is Bobby Digital Penthouse. <laughs> that might actually be the best nickname I've ever named a fantasy Premier League player. Bobby, digital. Bobby yeah. digital,
1: I like it. I I, I mess
0: with that, yo, and yeah. in, in the hardcores. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so so, getting back to the season, everybody's starting to do their rosters, Kev. Yeah, so. I know I, I've done one, you've done one, everybody's done ten, I've done actually like three so far. You've, done, you've been sitting home doing it all day. I've done uh, way too much. Why, why, why don't you give uh, the people at home just a taste of what you've done so far with your team?
1: Yeah, okay, uh, so currently I have in goal David De Gea at 5'5 and Mandanda at 4.5, although earlier today on the game it called him Mandana. Um, but they did manage to get the second D in there. I think he easily wins that Crystal Palace job. I actually got to see them this weekend. I got to cover them for the Eagles' peak, Uh Them versus FC Cincinnati, which was very fun. Um, he did not travel, obviously, because France went very deep in the Euros. But um, I, I think he wins that job. And at 4-5, I think it's worth it. And uh, for the first five, he lines up well um, with De Gea. Because week four, De Gea is going to have Manchester City um, and Donda has Middlesbrough, who I'm not too worried about yet uh, We'll see But but both of them have a pretty easy first five, save for like one match um, So that's who I have at the back uh, And by the back, I mean in goal Actually at the back in my defenders I have your boy, Christian Fuchs uh, Kevin Vimmer, who I mentioned before I think is a must-own to start the season Eric Peters, who I have a massive crush on The fixtures don't really lean his way, though City, yeah, Everton, and Spurs are, are as two through four. So that's, that's uh, definitely up for discussion. Uh, both of us, Hull guys, uh, Robertson at 4-5. Mm-hmm. And then I just have Kingsley and at 4.0 as a price dump. Usually not a fan of the price dump, but, you know, it's so early on. That's just, <laughs> that's just what I did. My midfield is where I, I have most of my money. I have Firmino, who I've mentioned before I think is going to have a tremendous season, uh, especially when they have no European football. He showed the goal scoring and the assisting in the second half. And if he does that over a full season, he easily ends up as a top 20 player. Cesc Fabregas and Mesut Otzel, the top assist leaders the last two years. We already talked about Fabregas and why. Otzel, because I can finally own Arsenal players. Um, Gilfie Sigurdsson at 7-5, scored 10 goals in the second half of the season, which is obviously an incredible feat. I do think they'll get better. They have to bring in a forward. which should get those assist numbers up. And this is actually a point I want to talk to you about. West Ham and their wingers because last year we already liked Lanzini and Antonio. Now Antonio is a right back, Lanzini's technically a left winger, but there is going to be some legitimate competition back there. I'm like I really rate Torre. and I like that he's reuniting with Billich, but mm-hmm. it was kind of a strange move because they already had like I said Lanzini and Antonio last year. Both had good seasons, then Antonio got shifted to right back. So okay, well that's fair. That gives room for Fagouli to play on the right wing, so you're like, okay, well, Lanzini at least is on the left wing; he's fine, you can trust that. But then they bring in Gokan Ture, who can play Ture. Sorry, <laughs> he can play both sides, but he's not going to beat out Fagouli, who they just bought and is also pretty inconsistent. So now you have Ture versus Lanzini on the left, and and I completely understand what they're doing because this is what we did in the Europa League, which is have two squads. But my question to you is, of those four West Ham wingers, which way are you leaning?
0: Well, I'll I'll say this. Uh, The first game of the weekend where West Ham takes on Chelsea, I'll I'll drop a little knowledge. Mikel Antonio is the most expensive starting defender at 7.0. That's insane, yeah. How's that? It's not okay. But, um, yeah, so I think Antonio plays outside uh, as a defender. Um, I think Noble and Kayate play next to each other in the middle. Then I think Fuguli and, you know, Insert name who isn't hurt plays on the other side, and then Piot, obviously,
1: yeah, and probably some forward because they just keep dropping thirty million bids all over the place. But yeah,
0: I think they play. I think they probably come out with a one five four, like a you know one five, you know one two three, four. System. Are you are you
1: just counting?
0: No, one two three. Yeah, one two three four system, or four three two one.
1: Interesting. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm just a little hesitant on all of them. But whoever you end up taking, all of them are pretty reasonably priced. Like, I, I had um, uh, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg from mm-hmm. Southampton in here at 4.5. I had a buck left when I was done making my team, so I upgraded to Fuguli. I might downgrade again just to start the season with a little money left in the bank.
0: Oh, um, Fuguli!
1: <laughs> it does sound delicious. I, I need a steaming plate of Fuguli. Also, I'm pretty concerned that that might be the title.
0: Wow. 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 Um, I did Thanks for coming by. Uh, You can find me at Smokey (laughs) underscore. That clearly has ended the show. Um,
1: (laughs) No. But uh, Fuguli is a very talented player, but he is very inconsistent. I do think he's won that right wing job because I assume Antonio is going to be playing uh, right back. I don't think they really trust Byram as much as they thought they did when they first signed him uh, in January. Um, But anyway, so those are my midfielders. Then up front, I have Kane, Dini, and Vardy. Uh, I had Abel Hernandez in here when I had Ibrahimović, but decided to diversify a bit. I'm not sure I really trust Vardy. You shouldn't. But (laughs) but if you get past Aguero, Ibrahimović, and Kane, now you're deciding between Costa, who allegedly wants to leave and has to compete with Batshuayi, Sturridge, who's always injured, Rooney, who's not actually a forward anymore. Vardy, who is going to have Champions League, he has to struggle with that this season. They're just a, a Lukaku, who you can never trust. There are just so many question marks after that first group. Except for Dini, which actually, I, I have to give you credit for, is a great call. dot 7.0, if he's staying there, that's that's an absolute song. They're getting in a different manager. They probably won't play as defensively as they did under Kike Sanchez-Flores, which I regret might be the last time I get to bring up his name, because it's a phenomenal name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dini at 7.0, considering how over-inflated so many of these players are. that That's an absolute song. Um, but yeah, Vardy at 10 is too much. I just didn't know... Really, where else to go at that price point without cutting from the midfield? And as we mentioned before, the reason why I always like to stack my midfield is for those extra bonus clean sheet points. They're just clean, they're just bonus points mm-hmm. that you get on top of everything else that you're limited to if, if you have forward. So, anyway, that's, that's uh, how my team is currently shaping up. What's yours looking like?
0: Uh, it's kind of, I got some, some of the same similar guys because we, we share like the same brain sometimes and we have, we bounce things off each other in goal. Um, I like how uh Swansea and Crystal Palace line up the season. So I have Fabianski and I have Mandana in goal as well. Oh yeah. Um, the, they start the season pretty well. You know, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look at it up and bring it up in a good radio standpoint where you can say you're basically going to play Swansea for the first two games and then Crystal Palace for the next four. Yeah. So they do um, line up well. So those are my two goalies. Um, I'm not. I'm not completely convinced that that Mandana has the has the spot yet. I think Hennessy still yeah, still has. And seats. they
1: do have four keepers.
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> uh, and Sparoni is actually talked about as one of the best practiced goalies that anybody's ever seen. I was very
1: so, impressed with him live. His shot stopping in open training was incredible. Really, Bellassi was the only one putting it past them. Although you could argue that's more of a Crystal Palace striking issue.
0: Yeah, than, absolutely. Than it is keeping. Uh, in in defense, I like to I like to get like a one A and a one B option. I don't like to go, you know, completely, you know, get a top guy and then you're more stars and scrubs. Yeah, I I kind of like getting two guys and then then having a rotation of three guys. Uh, so I have Hector Bellerin. I like I like what he brings from the from the outside wing set. I know he's he's in now. Um, uh, there's talk that he may miss the beginning of the season. Uh, I think, I believe I read that somewhere. I could be mistaken. I might have been reading Penthouse forums. Uh, <laughs> And then Which is now they, the only place you can read it. Yeah. So Bellerin was actually the second defender I put in. My first guy I put in is VVD. Listen, Virgil van Dyke is where it's at. Uh, where Southampton, or what they do with their defensive system now, is up for grabs because I don't know what the guy who coaches at Monaco does. Sorry, I don't want to bring it up to you because I don't play fantasy Premier League Monaco. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, yeah, so so it's Bellerin and Van Dyke, and then it's a big rotation for me. I have Robertson, I have Neil Taylor, and I have Ben Mee. All 4.5. Oh, nice. I, I like Swansea's rotation for the first two games, so Neil Taylor is a must. He showed well in the Euros, doing creating chances, and I think he creates this year for Swansea because they're going to need him to. Uh, but I think Swansea is one of those teams that could, could jump up, you know, three or four spots and, and make people and wonder. arguably like,
1: should, talent-wise. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: With Andre Au there, they, they have the talent. Uh, through the midfield... If you're paying attention 15 minutes ago, I basically listed my midfield. I, I, I went Della Ali, Roberto Firmino, Cesc Fabregas, Andres Townsend, Ziggy Surtzen. Sigurdsson. Yeah. Uh, I went for medium value with optimal return. Uh, I like Townsend and Crystal Palace. Um, I think that he is the kind of player that Zaha isn't. Yeah. That's, and that's not an insult to Zaha. Think, He's more direct. I think Zaha is a better is, is a phenomenal player. He's basically Wilfred Zaha is uh, going down a hill in San Francisco with no pedals <laughs> Andres Townsend is going down a tandem bike with you know you know another mid extra park. pedals <laughs> yeah absolutely um, I think the ability the ability he has there is going to be is going to be good enough for him to be worth the six five and more um I could see him leading Crystal Palace in, you know, chances created and, you know, shots on goal. Um,
1: I, I will say about that, I agree with you, and he did look very good this weekend. But if you're going to take a team that's already overloaded on wingers, because they also have Bakary Sako that plays on the wing as well, to go with Balassi and Zaha, I, I personally would go for Ghouli over him at 5-5, because you have the same question marks on a better team,
0: yeah.
1: That's just but me, he, though.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, Townsend is basically my fifth midfielder, so he probably isn't going to play much anyway. True.
1: I'll tell you this. If they do end up signing Benteke, which is the rumor of the day, absolutely, um, then it goes up a lot, and it would help both of them because Crystal Palace finished second and crosses last season. Mm-hmm. So if you bring in a tall target man, which, by the way, is supposed to be what Wickham was, uh, obviously <laughs> know, with injuries a lot last season. And then Adebayor, which was equally laughable, um, but if they get somebody like Menteke, who's listed at seven five, I believe, both of their
0: values go up all lot. Seven five, yeah, yeah. he's seven five. Uh, and then midfield, Del Ali. We went over with with Christian Eriksen. I like his athletic ability. I think he'll be on the pitch for most most of their games. Firmino, I believe, is a, is a steal at eight point five. He's basically going to give you forward return through the midfield. Um, no it, Coutinho, eh? Hmm. No. You know, I, I, it's the beginning of the season. I usually like to put the better players before the first game, so I left Coutinho out for now. But, <laughs> but Firmino's probably going to lead Liverpool in goals this year. Can I be so bold to say that right yeah, now? Yeah, because their forwards are all
1: going to rotate.
0: Yeah, um, you know, and Sigurdsson is, like you said, he had 10 goals the second half of the season. He basically was a different player when they started playing differently. Uh, and Swansea is kind of like my sleeper team this year. Up top, I did the Damned If You Do, Damned If You Don't Aguero. Paired him with Deanie, who at 7.0 for a guy who basically is responsible for all the team's PKs and is the captain, is never going to sit. And if he gets transferred to another team, he's still going to play because he's got that bulldog mentality. And at 7.0, yeah, I'm completely buying. And my love for Shane Long at 6.5 is is still going to grow (laughs) strong. It's still going to grow strong. Um, Southampton, you know. Uh, Kevin brought up the fact that you know they still have Charlie Austin, and Charlie Austin is a big flagpole. He just stands there and doesn't move very much. Um, Shane Long is a workhorse. If anybody watched him in the Euros, he just ran his legs off. And he can uh, jump
1: so high because of hurling, because uh, I hurl- now like- know thanks to Geto uh yeah, so. <laughs> who, brought, who brought that up. And he just yeah. has hilarious ups.
0: Yeah. So I mean, are, are you opposed to having Agüero on your roster, Kev? Uh, I, I
1: am in a weird spot because I talked about missing out on Otzel so much last season. that I feel obligated to have him in my team.
0: He's been your first guy you
1: put in your team every time <laughs> you've redone it. He has. He really has. Uh, he's been the one constant throughout all of it. Uh, the, the rock in the storm. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that would be a decision I have to make, especially considering I have Kane in there one of Kane and Rotzel I'd have to drop to to bring Aguero in and I'm not currently really willing to do either. Obviously it's a very very high price. You do get a lot of those those goals and as we mentioned last season, he's always a better captain option than Kane because the the likelihood that he scores multiples in a game is higher. Mm-hmm. But we both I think we agreed on last year, the likelihood of Kane scoring in a single match is higher. Yeah. But Aguero's more likely for multiples. I I think that this one, honestly, for me, comes down to fandom. Which, take it or leave it, but part of the game is to have fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. If Kane scores, then you have a whole lot of fun. Aguero is going to score his goals. I Mm -hmm. I think both of them finish with more than 18. I think, and I've said this before, and I'm going to knock on all the things while I say it, uh, including the mic. I think this is the year that Kane picks up his first injury. He's played 24 months of straight football. Because not only did he play the Euros this season, but he also played the U21 Euros last season. Um, so I think he might miss a few, and that's why he'll end up below 20. But they're both going to end up at 18-plus goals. Kane's mm-hmm. going to do it a little cheaper. He might score fewer. He If you're in a league that uses weeks, Kane will not win you as many weeks as Aguero will. But come the end of the season, they're both going to be top-five strikers. I'm just leaning Kane. I I totally understand the Aguero thing and when he scores like 3 in the first 2 weeks, am I going to have to like reorder my whole team to get him in? Yes. Actually, n- while I'm rambling, that's a really interesting point cuz if you bring Aguero in now to start the season, you have a very easy way it's to easy get to, a lot of money.
0: It's easy to downshift, than yeah. upshift. No, especially early point. in the season. And and I did I've done a couple of rosters and I've I've shifted guys around, but Aguero's always been on my team and I've never I've never put Aguerovich into my tandem, yeah, that's um, so much money. But I, but I have been dabbling, and I'm going to be so bold that, you know, I'm a feel guy. I like feel with fantasy, and you know, I think Olivier Giroud is going to have a good year. Me too. Weirdly, we both agree on that. You know, and you were bringing up guys who are priced similar to Vardy, and you know, I, I wanted to nine. jump in, but I was—he's at nine. He was, nine. I was—I was on mute, and I didn't jump in. I said something, <laughs> but it, it was on mute. Um, but I think Giroud could be everything that you know Vardy was last year. He finished won. on 17, right? 16, 16. Because he, he had three. Yeah, he had three on the
1: last day. He had a hat yep, trick. Yeah.
0: He he won many people's mini leagues if you triple captain Olivier Giroud with 51. Which, by know? the way,
1: you shouldn't have.
0: <laughs> sometimes, I, yeah.
1: Sometimes the results don't back up the process. Sometimes, <laughs> if you look at
0: your roster and go, "I smoke rocks."
1: <laughs> hey Joe Rogan, I got a secret. I smoke oh. rocks.
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: yeah, no, I I, yeah. I agree with you on Giroud. If they end up bringing in a cardi, that obviously kills mm-hmm. him. But uh, yeah, as of right now, you have to love Giroud and his three
0: oh nine point eight ICT index score. <laughs> there you go, three point oh nine eight one five six five four and his ratio to pi. <laughs> It's uh,
1: You know what? Let's let's look up what his rating was via ICT index on Arsenal last season. ABC ICT. He was uh, third in ICT behind Utsil and Sanchez, who, by the way, still can't play with Giroud for some strange reason because their parents have
0: them on timeout.
1: <laughs> One of them's like. Oh, you play nice with that Sanchez kid. <laughs> He's like, ah, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want
0: to, man. That's super racist. Yeah. All right, yeah, that was very. It sounds like you had peanut butter. Just say like you <laughs> had peanut butter in your mouth. That's oh what? yeah, C- cough. Mm. So, so, so I think we've I think we've covered enough today, Kev. What do you think? Uh there is one last thing that I want to get to, okay, which is matchups,
1: matchups, um, which we did allude to a little earlier. I'm not going to list all of their matches. I just broke them down at the beginning into five teams I like to start the season and five I don't. This can either be attack issues, defense issues, or good things for either of those things. Or bad ICT ratings. (laughs) Or bad ICT ratings. The five I like to start the season, Manchester United, Crystal Palace, Leicester, Tottenham, and Chelsea. The five I don't like to start the season, Bournemouth, Watford, Liverpool, West Ham, and Stoke. Mm-hmm. It, it, and what separates them is for the ones I like they have three or more good matches out of five, and the ones i don't is two or or is three or less so it 's just the mm-hmm. majority
0: yeah I, I i agree i mean I was looking at the defensive rotations myself um I touched on when i did my my team i lo- i love the swansea you know palace as my First, begin the gear rotation. Yeah, but
1: Swansea, as uh, we mentioned, does get rough after the first couple. Yeah,
0: yeah. first yeah. two. After the first two, you, you don't want any Swansea players, but they're not really going to cost you a lot because there's no real investment value there. And if you're going to invest, you're probably investing in the back end because their first two games are versus Burnley and... Hold on, let me hit next. Uh... Uh, and they're and, they're, and, and Hull. There so, you go. So... So investment wise, you're not really investing a ton there. Uh, second, you know I had West Brom and Stoke in there because they rotate a little okay. You know if if you can avoid the I Stoke Man Dawson City at the beginning, yeah, yeah. If if you can avoid Stoke Man City game, I believe their their schedule flattens oh, I think out a I little missed, bit. I think I missed Chris Brunt. Chris Brunt? No, you said it in the position. Oh, did you I? Said, because yeah, as a defender, did. it's interesting. I mean, well, he's got a torn. He's just coming off a torn ACL. He's not going to matter anyway.
1: I mean, he had four assists in just 1,800 minutes played
0: last I had, season. I had seven goals in a game in seventh grade, dude. <laughs> I'm
1: just saying. He has more than four assists the last one, two, three, four, five, six years. Yeah, four, and, ten, four 6, 8, 11.
0: And Northern Ireland missed him in the fucking They, season.
1: They sure did. I, I'm just saying. I. That's an interesting one because with Daley Blint, you're not going to get goals regardless of where he no, plays. absolutely But not. Chris Brunt is actually going to be involved going
0: forward. Because he which crosses I think the ball and he, takes, and he takes corners. Yeah. And, then my th- and then my third uh, defensive rotation to look at, uh, if you have a little bit more money to spend, Chelsea and Spurs line up very well as well. Mm. Oh, would you do that? Would I spend money on defense? or On Chelsea's I? defense? No, there's nobody there I like. You don't know who's playing where
1: yeah. I, I, I feel very confident that Azpilicueta is the only player I know is playing every week. I, know, I don't even only, know if it's a right back or left back.
0: All I know is Papa Jabodi is not going to be Oh, Papa He went on loan for the back half of last year? I guess. He he played their first preseason game.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he must be back.
0: Yeah, th- yeah th- there's only one person that I'd want from the Chelsea defense, and he's currently not healthy, so...
1: Oh, and um, dum dum
0: dum dum. Kurt Zumba. yeah. But it'll be interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, the price tags on a lot of the defenders, you know, most of them are five point five and above, so they're they're basically investing a number two, in them or number one with Toby. So, right. but I like I like your shout for Kevin Vimmer. You know, the only bad thing is that he's Austrian and Austria sucks. They sure did it at the world at the World Cup at the Euros, the World um. Cup of Europe.
1: The, the World Cup of Europe, indeed. All right, well, with that, I think we're done. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you?
0: Uh, as always, you can find me at, on com or on the Twitter maker machine at Smokey underscore Lugy, L-O-O-G-Y. Uh, and on this podcast, we'll probably be coming to you, you know, live and direct once in a, once in a while. So check us out.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that we get a get an episode in next week, hoping to talk a little bit about draft strategy. Um, no, we'll do. We're gonna we're drafts. gonna hit it up again end of this week. End of this week. We'll end of back. this week. Yeah, man. Man, don't make promises I can't keep. Nope. Sometime Sat- before next weekend. And by next weekend, I don't mean this coming weekend.
0: <laughs> Saturday. Saturday at seven o'clock p.m. You're going to be on doing a podcast with me. That.
1: We'll see. (laughs) Rob's very optimistic about you. It's completely not happening
0: for me either.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I said, by the end of next week, we'll have a show, hopefully with John Wallen on, talking about all your draft stuff as as we head into draft season with that. I'm sure we'll touch on the the official game as well as we have more news um, and more transfers probably going to happen by then. And that, that, you know, hopefully we'll know more about how teams are going to be shaping up by then, and I'm sure both of us will pass our 50th new team by then. Yeah. So Easy. we'll update you on all of that. Um, as he said, he's Rob Langevin at Smoky Loogie. You can find him over at all of his Razzball stuff. I'm Kevin DeVries. I'm still contemplating if I'm going to write a fantasy article this week for the Eagles' beak. More likely than not, so check that out if it is up. Uh, And the EPL roundtable starts back in earnest this Sunday where we're going to have a promotion special uh, with a guest from each of the promoted clubs, Burnley, Middlesbrough, and Hull. Uh, So if you're interested in that, check that out. And in the interim, I hope you had fun listening to this. Have fun setting your lineups a million times, and we'll talk to you next week.